Hello, and welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco, continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, the postmodern family. The postmodern family? The postmodern family, John. Well, what do you mean by the postmodern family? Well, I suppose postmodern is just a way of saying not your traditional family. It's the Pomo fam versus the Trad fam, Ken. Ozzie and Harriet versus who? Uh, the Gilmore Girls? Ugly Betty? Ellen and Lori? Where do you put the Osbournes? Pomo fam, Trad fam, or just weird fam? You know, you don't have to draw your examples from television, John. We live in California. Right in your own neighborhood, there are countless gay couples and their children, single mother families, single father families, communes of superannuated hippies, families with working mothers and stay-at-home fathers, interracial families, interethnic families, old guys with trophy wives, cougars with young husbands, and all sorts of other non-Aussie-type families, not traditional like Ozzie and Harriet, nor even like Ozzie Osbourne. Three cheers for California, Ken. But, but, but big deal. What's philosophical about all that? Families? Like everything else, change. So what? Well, you have a point in a way. Philosophical education often addresses questions of the individual and the state, but seldom do we read at all about the individual and the family. Yeah, I do have a point. The individual in the States is a tried and true staple of philosophy, a part of every graduate and undergraduate curriculum, an object of inquiry of the greats from Plato to Hume to Rawls. But, but look, John, all the same sorts of questions come up. We think parents have authority over their children. Why? And what are parents, anyway? Are their rights symmetrical with respect to their children? Do mothers and fathers have the same rights? And what is the best sort of family? What is a just organization of responsibilities and rights within the family? Just like these questions come up with the state, they come up with the family. I suppose while I've, while I've been diverted with other things, feminists have developed all sorts of ideas about this. Well, not just feminists, but lots of people. You're exactly right. Over the past 40 years, while you've been obsessed with proper names, the identity sign, and other esoterica, feminists and others have asked basic questions about the family. Well, so what are the basic ideas they've come up with? Well, there, there are lots of them, but on the conservative side, there's a Hegelian kind of position. <laughs> traditional marriage is rooted in the logic of marriage, with the traditional gender roles of male and female complementing one another and completing one another, a sort of Hegelian synthesis. Then there's a sort of liberal position, a traditional family, but loosen up the gender roles. There's also a kind of John Stuart Mill-like position. Let people, individuals, experiment with different ways of living together. It's their right. I kind of like that kind of position. Yeah, well, I'm all for right. It's their rights, but 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 what they do affects others, particularly their children. Isn't the Ozzie and Harriet model clearly the right one? I mean, if it was good enough for Ozzie and Harriet and Ricky and Lucy and the Huxtables and my parents and the Osbournes, for that matter, not to mention Mary and Joseph, isn't it good enough for everyone? Uh, Mary and Joseph, that's surrogate parents. Oh, yeah. You would right there, John. <laughs> Your view is not very philosophical, and it doesn't sound like you philosophically. I mean, is there some a priori guarantee that a permanent relationship between a heterosexual couple is the best way, say, to raise children? Well, you got me there, Ken. I I'm divided between my own experience, which is all Ozzie and Harriet, and my philosophical sympathies, which are all John Stuart Mill. Gay marriage, polygamy, single mothers, single fathers, kibbutzes, who knows what's best, or if there is any best. Let them all thrive. But me, I've been in a traditional marriage for 46 years, so I doubt if I'll be the one doing the experimenting. Does anyone really know anything about what works and doesn't? 
Well, we have somebody who knows something about what works <laughs> and doesn't. Uh, it's our guest from Stanford, Michael Rosenfeld, author of The Age of Independence, Interracial Unions, Same-Sex Unions, and The Changing American Family. Michael's going to join us in a few minutes, but first our roving philosophical reporter, Rena Palta, talked to someone on the front lines of the modern family. She wanted to find out how true to life our Aussie and Harriet model really is. She files this report. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet starred the real-life Nelson family. Here is Ozzie, who plays the part of Ozzie Nelson. And, of course, his lovely wife Harriet as Harriet Nelson. Episodes revolved around such conflicts as what to write in a thank you note. I think, Rick, you just ought to write a real nice letter to Iggy and tell him you enjoyed reading the book and you appreciate his thoughtfulness. Okay, Pop, if you say so. I think that's best, too, dear. Okay, Ma, if you say so. I agree with Mom and Pop. Okay, David, if you say so. <laughs> Some people still look back on this era as a golden age of healthy family life. Others see it as... The way we never were, which is the, the idea that the mythical Hazy and Harriet family is the norm, and in fact, that's not true. M. Sue Talia is a private family court judge based in Walnut Creek, California. I see all kinds of families, from same-sex parents... Two mothers, two fathers, I see uh, step-parents, extended families, parents may have children from two or more prior relationships. All of these are family relationships. So it is very uh, limiting and frankly quite naive to think of family as simply a husband, wife, and two children. There are lots of things that can trigger the creation of a family. Having children, getting married, entering into a domestic partnership. Talia and other family court judges deal with what's commonly thought of as the end or dissolution of a family, divorce. But Talia says it's not that simple. You cannot unring the bell. You've created legal relationships, you've created property rights, you've created support rights. And when somebody comes in and says, oops, I made a mistake, let's just erase it. Those ripples are out there and they've been set in motion and I can't fix that. I cannot pretend that it didn't happen because it does create legal relationships and it does create rights and responsibilities. After a divorce, there's the division of financial assets, custody rights, which school children should attend, and even fights over which grandparents should have time with the kids. It's Talia's job to sort out and assign these rights and responsibilities, essentially defining what this new version of a family will be. She says she carries around a model of an ideal family in her head, and it's nothing like Ozzie and Harriet. I still remember a case years ago where the parties got divorced, they had a single child, and they actually bought property next door to each other. There was a little creek that divided the properties and a little footbridge. And so the five-year-old could go back and forth between mom's house and dad's house, and that was very unusual. And it was because the parents, there was no societal norm for that. They were just smart enough and they cared enough about their child that they said, we're going to do this in a way that works for him. And if that means I have to live next door to you and I have to see your girlfriend coming and going, that's the way it's going to be because this is what's good for our son. Over her three decades working in family law, Judge Talia says she's seen more and more of a move towards taking personal responsibility. I think they're getting better. I've been doing this work since 1977. And what I have seen is an evolution of what I think is increasing responsibility in terms of people's relationships with one another. I'm an optimist. I think we are evolving as a society, and I think we are better than we were, we were 10 years ago, and I think we'll be better 25 years from now. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Rena Palta.
You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.